Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan LaPique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And today on Advice Worth Keeping, we're going to have another in a series of ongoing podcasts around the very big and important topic of the future of work. And this is, to a great degree, in the context of work in light of increased process automation, where workers will be freed from transactional work and be able to focus on more value-added and strategic work as software takes over a lot of the historical transactional work that they perform. Hosting today's session will be Leanne Moore. Leanne is head of marketing in the U.S. firm for the management consulting practice. Leanne will discuss intelligent automation and robotics process automation and how they're triggering an unprecedented and truly monumental change in the nature of work. So I'll hand it over to Leanne to discuss this important topic further. This is Leanne Moore, and I'm so excited to have you here today. We've got some great speakers lined up. Mike DeClaudio leads HR advisory for us. Martin Sikowski is a leader in our emerging technology risk practice. And we are here today to talk about the interaction of these two important functions for human resources executives as they start thinking through intelligent automation and how that impacts their organization. I know you guys have heard it on the news, but what we wanted today was really take a beginner's approach to thinking through what it actually is and then talk through from there how to think through how HR and risk need to coexist as you think about tactical applications, as you look at those in the evolution of your organization, and then how you think through the future of HR. So, Mike, we'll start with you. The first thing we should probably do is make sure we're all talking about the same thing when we say intelligent automation, because in our world and what we're seeing in the market, it's actually like an umbrella term. And inside of that umbrella, you have rote process automation, which is stuff that you're used to as any sort of executive that's had automated workflow in your organization. And it's sort of like the next generation of that. So it works across platforms and it helps data migrate more effectively and stuff that you're probably used to potentially with a little bit more advanced capabilities and the ability to span multiple technologies. Inside of that umbrella also is included machine learning. So this is stuff that's somewhat more exciting, that's a little bit more like natural language processing type stuff. This is when you see stuff on the news about scan 10,000 resumes and pick out select keywords and understand what those keywords mean and be able to kind of trim down a bunch of resumes or a bunch of social media profiles into a slate of candidates. So that's what we say machine learning. That's what we mean. So inside the umbrella, you got process automation, you've got machine learning, and then you have the one that's incredibly exciting, which is around cognitive automation. So this is like applying that natural language processing and really diving deep into HR processes. So like having an engine that's analyzing all of your high performers to understand why they're high performing and then start to make recommendations to managers about what to do with those high performers and opportunities that you can either create for them or opportunities that you can push them into because they're open roles elsewhere in your organization. That spectrum of process automation, machine learning, natural language, and then cognitive automation. When we say intelligent automation, that's what we mean. 
Where does this apply to HR? Okay, process automation applies to high-turn processes, payroll, time in attendance, recruiting. Like the more automation you can do in a process, the more you can take out a rules-based decision out of a human's hands and put it into a machine's hands, the better. So we're seeing increased use of process automation, specifically when rules govern what you do. That's when you apply rules-based automation when you've got high turnover processes. And if you're thinking about machine learning, I talked about recruiting. That's probably the best example. The most prevalent model for machine learning in the recruiting space has been in the sales force. So organizations looking at what drives an effective seller and being able to screen candidates and provide good candidate slates. Uh, there's a lot of tools out there right now that are doing that that are all about natural language and all about data scraping off of social media sites. In the cognitive realm, this is like our partnership with Watson is starting to throw off some very interesting things in terms of looking at risk and people risk. So thinking about where do I have actual talent risk in a proactive way, you can work across multiple platforms to get all sorts of data on an individual inside of your organization and identify whether or not that individual is at risk, especially good for high performers that you otherwise might not have a hand on. So that's something that we've been seeing is around you know, talent turnover risk as an area where cognitive automation has taken hold. How real is it today? Is this real or is this fake? The fun thing about intelligent automation, again, umbrella term, but what's been fascinating about intelligent automation, a lot of us have lived through the outsourcing boom. We lived through the ERP boom. We're living through the cloud boom. Those things were all measured in years. This has been measured in months. The conversation we're having right now, March, April, May 2018, is massively different than the conversation we would have had 12 months ago. going to be massively different 12 months from now. So the number of clients that are taking a flyer on stuff like recruiting process screening using a natural language engine or increased automation process using robotic process automation, those clients are ticking up by the minute in terms of their experimentation. You look at like the Salesforce, it's an area where a lot of sales leaders are actually jumping in front of HR and going, I'm going to try it for my organization first. These are the same sales leaders that five or 10 years ago would have said, I'm going to try this salesforce.com thing first and put my CRM in the cloud. And everyone's like, what is the cloud? And the Salesforce was the one driving that. So now the Salesforce is the one driving this with natural language, which is fascinating. But the iteration process for this is so much faster than it was for cloud. I think it's real and it's increasingly becoming realer almost by the day. So, Martin, I think you might have an interesting point of view for folks, but what are some of the key risk considerations around automation programs? We're seeing automation deployed across the enterprise. We're seeing a lot of interesting use cases within finance and in HR and, and other functions. And from a risk and governance point of view, it's really key to think about the what could go wrong and how do you effectively incorporate controls into both the automation program as well as the individual bots that will be performing functions and activities or processing transactions or whatever the case may be. We often talk about the fact that not every bot needs to be created equal, but depending on the risk profile, the risk appetite, the actual process that's being automated, there may need to be a requirement for stronger controls integration. So whether it is the process is subject to regulatory requirements like Sarbanes-Oxley, or there may be data that's PII that's being processed 
and accessed. The bots that are being deployed need to have a foundational controls to help ensure that the organization remains compliant and doesn't expose itself to additional risks. So controls like proper identity access management, information security and privacy considerations, change management, availability and business continuity and business resiliency is very key in how you design your program and individual bots. Controls around processing integrity, being able to trace transactions and audit those transactions are just some examples of what organizations ought to be thinking about as they're deploying and standing up their automation capabilities. From operations point of view, it's also important to define not only what are the key performance indicators, KPIs, but also what are some of the key risk indicators, KRIs. So, for example, if a transaction is to fail, do we have a mechanism in place to identify that? So we also need to identify and monitor key risk indicators, KRIs, to help ensure that as the automation continues to operate, we are effectively identifying any failures in processing, any integrity checks, any security inappropriate transactions, any compliance violations so that we can effectively mitigate the risk that's raised by the KRI or we can effectively accept the risk if we feel it's appropriate. Can you talk a little bit about Anything you're seeing on the downside of this action, both from an operational side to you, Mike, and then Martin perhaps will drift to the risk side? As with most things that are new and in the market, and the price point for these things is a lot lower than you might think, you run into what I've heard some folks call the garage problem. They keep buying all these automation tools, and then they use them for like a specific thing, and then they end up just all in the garage. And suddenly it's like when you walk in your garage, it's like, I haven't downhill skied in 15 years, but here's a pair of downhill skis that for some reason I'm keeping. The capabilities are going to evolve after you buy the product. So this is not buying a mature piece of software that you're going to plug in and it's never going to change, right? You're buying it like a baby plant and it's going to grow and it's going to grow and grow and grow and its capabilities are going to grow and grow and grow. That's part of the value proposition. So the downside to that is if the organization isn't aware that they're in fact buying a baby plant and they only plot it in a little space that it's going to fit this baby plant but nothing else, it's going to outgrow that space really rapidly. It's going to outgrow it from a functionality perspective and it's going to outgrow it from a risk and controls perspective. So I think it's going to be important for folks to realize when they buy these technology platforms They're buying things that are growing rapidly, and they're going to have to view it that way and grow along with it. In this emerging environment, how does an HR executive and their risk professional need to think about their role differently now that this automation is becoming more and more prevalent? HR leaders have been striving to be seen as strategic value adders for 25 years, if not more. And what would probably come as a surprise to some HR leaders would be Did you know that your chief risk officer or your chief audit executive also is striving to add strategic value and be seen as a strategic value add in the business? I think there's a lot to be learned from having kind of empathy to the other position that I think what you have in a CHRO and in a CRO or a CAE are equal desires to be more strategic and focused on let's create a foundational model for how we build out automation in our organization. And part of that foundational model should be thinking about new ways to manage risk. And part of that foundational model should be thinking about new ways to manage talent. 
So from a new ways to manage talent perspective, we're saying this isn't about workforce replacement. This is about workforce augmentation. So you're going to augment your workforce by adding additional information, by adding additional tools at their disposal. And the HR function is incredibly well positioned to kind of drive that dialogue. I think, Martin, from the risk side, I mean, there's got to be different ways that a risk officer thinks about like a foundational framework for automation as opposed to one they would have thought of for like an ERP deployment or something, right? Yeah, Mike, and that's a great point. And I talked about involving risk, involving HR and others. So so that's absolutely necessary, not only from proper risk and governance considerations, but also from coming up with an effective kind of enterprise-wide strategy, sharing use cases, sharing successes, and really finding new ways of how to disrupt the old ways of doing things. Risk management perspective from internal audit, third-line perspective, those leaders are looking for ways to leverage intelligent automation to disrupt their traditional business models. A really great dialogue, guys. So I think we often hear the biggest struggle our clients have is where do I start? What's the next step? Like everything else, intelligent automation needs to be appropriately balanced to the culture of your organization and potentially even more than most things. So the first question to really ask yourself is like, what's the tolerance level for my own organization to take this on? So figuring out the way inside of your organization to position this as an opportunity, not a threat, and not about arbitrage, right? Not about cost savings, not about reduction in heads, not about replacement of jobs, but about augmentation and further enablement and increasing effectiveness. That's the first step. And make no mistake about it, that's going to influence the way you think about the rest of this initiative. It's going to influence whether or not you take a pilot approach, which you probably should. And if that pilot approach is going to be specific in a couple of process areas or a couple of functions, which they probably should be, is to remember that this is not something that's standalone. Any initiative that takes intelligent automation to heart is not about just peeling away a specific process area or net replacing an existing bit of technology. It's very much about changing the way work is done, and it's changing the way you think about talent, and it's changing the way you think about risk. And if you don't take a holistic approach to thinking about all of those variables, using a positive attitude about its benefit to the business, finding a pilot part of the organization where you can demonstrate real returns, if you don't take a whole kind of impact analysis view on this, you run the risk of plotting this thing too tightly and not really getting the full advantage of intelligent automation that you otherwise would. From a kind of key takeaways perspective, I would consider following elements. In addition to standing up a technology-focused operating model, really focus on standing up a risk and governance model that will help steer your automation strategy and use cases, delivery and operations. Again, focusing on standing up that capability and that function early in the process as opposed to too late in the process. Second one being, uh, make it collaborative and engage your people. You know, everyone has something to add. And I think there's this perception that there's a lot of threat or fear around automation, but the minute you engage your teams in identifying the best use cases and identifying opportunities across functions, whether it's risk or HR or other, be surprised how many great ideas you'll get that'll drive better outcomes and value that you hope to get out of automation. And the last thing I would say is really create a mechanism that will 
unleash the art of the possible the minute you start engaging different functions and people from those functions by providing a mechanism for performing and facilitating that ideation design thing, uh, you will be surprised how many great use cases you'll get out of it and then can use that to build your automation strategy. Mike and Martin, thank you for your valuable insight. Your comments will really help HR leaders work with their risk counterparts as they implement intelligent automation, working together to shape the future of work. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast if you're online, of course. And the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation. <laughs>